Good morning, betters and non-betters alike, and welcome to the Republic City Dispatch, a radio program covering Nick.com's Legend of Korra series. This week, the Bayfong family will not stand being separated any longer. Toph returns from the swamp, Bolin and Opal team up with Lin to help their family escape, and Zuni makes her true intentions known. Strap in for an action-packed installment with your hosts, Matt Devendra and Joanne. Uh, hello, and welcome to another episode of Republic City Dispatch. Today we're talking about Operation Bayfong. The uh, episode where the Bayfongs have an operation to get out the other Bayfongs. <laughs> like, like an appendix operation? Yes, yes. They have to be hospitalized. Bayfong Impossible. <laughs> that, I want to see a, a mashup of the Mission Impossible theme with clips for this episode. Uh, this like is Mission Bayfong's, Impossible. Bayfongs 11 or something. Ooh, all of these. All of these videos. Um, who are we? I am Matt Patches. Here, as always, Devendra Hardwar. Hello, hello. Joanna Robinson. Hello. We're down a Dave. Uh, woo down, as he I put think, it in an email. Dave down. Yeah, I think Dave is still recovering from seeing Bolin meet uh, Toph. <laughs> yeah, right? he had the exact same reaction as me. <laughs> except when Dave was... went foam mouth and had to sit it out. He became a chibi face. When I was really watching needed. it, I was like, this is exactly what's happening to Dave right now. <laughs> <laughs> and if it was the Fire Lord and Toph, Bolin, that, that's, oh, that would have sent Dave. We'd lose him forever, yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Operation Bayfong today. I'm throwing it to Devendra, which was not <laughs> expecting since we're down to Dave, to, to give fine. us a brief summary of what happened. There are a lot of stuff happened here, so don't, don't feel yeah. like you have to hit everything. Oh, you know, yeah, I like I like short summaries, uh, but yeah, Operation Bayfong. It's a it's a family reunion, guys. Like it's a uh, it's all about Opal, Bolin, and Lin uh, going to Zaofu, uh to uh, to save the rest of the family, and it's uh, I think it's pretty cool. Like this is exactly what I've been waiting for. Uh, so they, uh, how's the story going? Bolin knows exactly where they're being held. Uh, he finally gets to meet Toph in a wonderful scenario and they go on like a mission impossible uh esque plan to get the rest of the family out meanwhile we actually see that the giant spirit weapon is uh is functioning um and we also learned that uh zuli is still on our side and there's a big fight at the end and i loved it oh it was a pretty amazing fight sequence <laughs> um before before we get going, just thank you everyone to, for uh, for listening to the show last week. We had some angry, angry comments on RepublicCityDispatch.com where people <laughs> were like, "Why did you just spend ten minutes talking about uh, side projects and self promotion?" I don't know why we did that. It was fun. Uh, so this week, I'll just say thanks for listening and get ready for the end. We're almost done this podcast. I guess I don't know what happens after the show ends, so we'll have to keep brainstorming. There. I, I, I love it when people complain about content of free shows too. <laughs> Like unless you're sending us money, you cannot. Uh, you can't. You they don't can't. love us for our personalities, Devendra. <laughs> they love us for our, I don't know, objective recapping. I, have I don't know why they love us because they, they get. So I don't know mad. if they love us. I think that's <laughs> a bit much. Uh, let's talk about Operation Bayfong. I'm Joanna. Going to you right away because I think you loved this episode. Maybe it's your favorite of the entire series. Is that what yeah. I read? Yeah, that's the hyperbole I okay. threw out there. Tell yeah. me about this. Broad strokes here. Uh, broad strokes. I, you know, the fighting was amazing, of course. Uh, the emotion was there with the family uh, stuff, especially between Lynn and Toph. Mm -hmm. And the comedy bits. There were just a million tiny little facial expressions. And mostly because, you know, after three seasons, 
Bolin has become clearly my favorite character. And even though this was about a lot about the Beifong family, this is also very much Bolin's episode as well. <laughs> this is like Bolin. Yeah. yeah, this is like his Zeppo episode, only way better than the Zeppo episode on Buffy, not to bring it all back to Buffy. But like, <laughs> it's just... It was great. There was not a moment that I didn't like, except maybe when they cut back to Republic City, and I was like, why aren't we back with the Bayfongs and Bolin? <laughs> why are we talking to spirits? <laughs> and, and I mean, I well, no, that's not true, because that was a really cool spirit that Cora was talking to. But I love Cora. I've never, I've never been one of the people who has been bagging on Cora, not even when she was super whiny. I really like her. But I do wonder if some of her supporting characters are, are more compelling at this point. So. Mm-hmm. Isn't that always the case? Like, don't main characters always run up against the problem that their supporting characters can be either much funnier or much wackier right. or much more intense? And Once and, again, the Buffy problem. Yeah, they're easier yeah. to love than main characters because main characters are too <laughs> well-shaded. I'm glad mm-hmm. Devendra said that and not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why is this funny. the Buffy problem? I don't. I, <laughs> because I've never seen Buffy. I, there's Xander and there's uh, Spike or something. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 kind of the same thing where you know Buffy had to go through the whole like drama scenario or many situations where she just didn't want to do this anymore. And it was really about the friends, you know, the side characters who kind of kept it alive, especially in the later seasons when Buffy just yeah. became kind of a, uh, I don't know, a drag. Yeah, the last yeah. rough for Buffy. So, uh, yeah, you have to have those other those side characters to latch on to. And for this, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the Beifong family stuff, you know, and that that's a payoff all the way back to the original series with yeah. this episode. So you can't really, it's hard to beat that in terms of how it resonates for what those of you who love Toph from before seeing her here now, you know, the, you just can't, you can't compete with those kind of roots. Plus like an amazing heist plus, you know, blowing up a city plus is Batar jr. Redeemable plus <laughs> all this. Sort of, I mean, it was just great. Plus there's yeah. twins all of a sudden. Plus Zuli's redemption. Yeah. Zuli's redemption. Plus the twins get a personality really for the first <laughs> time. And it was just, it was great. Batar Sr. also is a scaredy cat, <laughs> so I guess. So much character. So much character. So much. Well, that's okay. been a lot of little moments, too. Yeah. 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 What, what's so impressive to me about this episode is how the writing kind of sacrifices explaining a lot. Um, or it, it sacrifices logic where if you were a real nitpicker, you could go after this for being... Take the intro of this episode where uh, Lynn, Bolin, and Opal fly on top of... Uh, snotty juicy <laughs> to to Zhao Fu because that's where they think they're um that's where they think Lin and company are mm-hmm. and then Toph just walks out of the woods <laughs> and she goes oh, no sure. no no uh they're they're not there uh, and then Bolin's like maybe they're here and then they're just on a new adventure you know like <laughs> that doesn't really make a lot of sense it's glossing over a lot but i think mm-hmm. it's Is artfully it? done and it's a sacrifice of exposition and time and uh, you know explaining yeah, the, the why whole this key makes sense. is to get the team together and like have bolin have his little freak out moment right. so you do that of course they'll go to zafu because that's that's the closest point Logic. where they think they are right. yeah and toff is like toff sees everything so yeah, that's <laughs> explanation right she, it's can, perfect. she knows exactly what's going on everywhere it's really yeah have a character <laughs> who can read the vines and be anywhere when you need to be uh that's like yeah it's the perfect narrative device reading the mm-hmm. vines i can just automatically know the information I need to know to get us into this episode and this this episode is so packed 
full of, of rich character moments and, and action. Like, it's unbelievable how much mm-hmm. happens in this episode, including going back to Republic City and having a moment with President Riker or having this spirit moment all among this, this heist. It's a it's insane. Yeah. No wasted time in this episode. <laughs> Unlike right. any others this season. We know who Lynn's father is, and it's great that it doesn't matter. I think that's great. I love that um, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. That brought me so much joy that there are two instances of this episode where I felt like Brian and Mike were basically confronting fandom. As the, as the show often does, surprisingly. Yes. Uh, the father one, is not Sokka. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, that lingering question, who is Top? Toph's husband, who is Lid's father? And the way Bolin says it when they're sitting around the campfire, they're just like, hey, why don't we just get this out of the way? Who is your father? No, uh, I love Lin's the look. Face. Yeah, yeah, Lin's face. And then, yeah, Bolin's immediate, oh, crap. It's yeah. like, what and have him, I done? And him eating his cup of noodles just <laughs> nervously. It does that appear to be actual cup of noodles. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Which is interesting. Uh, With the middle back lid and everything, yeah. Yeah, the answer is just what? Kanto. Kanto is her father, and it didn't work out. Like, that's the greatest answer, (laughs) both because it's true to life. Like, that's how relationships work. They're not, like, mythology or or storytelling. Real relationships are just, yeah, her father left, or it didn't work out, so it's over. Mm -hmm. And then it happens again later, (laughs) which seems even more, like, this is a nitpick I never even thought of back in book two. Oh, it's hard yeah, with Katara didn't fight in the Civil War because she's old. And I'm like, I didn't even think that Katara, why was it Katara fighting in the Civil War? But that feels like such a fan, you know, that Tumblr sure. is probably, sure. yeah, the whole Tumblr dedicated to why Katara didn't fight in the Civil War. <laughs> Answer this question! Uh, and they do. Uh, but it's just the the wry sense of humor in doing so I found hysterical. And thank God we have Toph to kind of throw those answers mm-hmm. out there. Um, I think Toph should guest star in a million other shows every time there's like a fan Nick pick and she's Toph's like you know why not this is why not <laughs> end of discussion <laughs> Toph answers fan mail yes. Toph out no oh my God. you're a disgrace to fandom everywhere <laughs> that's great know, you give they, fans a bad name that's, that's they still like have Toph's attitude from the original series right I feel like I've waited the entire Legend of Korra series for this whole scenario, like for her to reunite with the rest of her family, for Bolin to see her, and for Toph to like lay down the law a little too. It's uh, it's awesome. But also to be vulnerable. I don't yes, know if that's something yeah. we really saw a lot of in Avatar The Last Airbender. No, She was no. a true side character. I mean, she had her own threads at certain points, mm-hmm. had an arc, but she came in really late, vulnerable. right? She came in like season three? No, no, no. Book Later? two. Book, book two, two, yeah. Because uh, when they go to, I believe they go to Bossing Say in Finer, right, or right, they right. go to the Earth Kingdom in Finer. Uh, right. Someone is going to <laughs> crucify me for forgetting these details. One but, of those um, things in yes, the Earth Kingdom. In the Earth but Kingdom, she came in late, you know. And the fact that she was such a powerful personality, you know, she she still was able to like make her mark. Right. And she I comes in as a as a teacher, a personality uh-huh. that Ang does not possess within himself. Mm-hmm. At all, so she can be just angry and and she's stubborn. the tough love. Yeah, but exactly. I, you have to give the both these series credit for that because someone like mm-hmm. Julie, who has hardly had any lines, is still like we all felt the way that Bolin's face registered when we found <laughs> out, even though we knew that Julie was not a traitor. Yeah, yeah. in our heart of hearts, when we found out it was true, we were all delighted. And <laughs> Julie is not a character we should be that emotionally invested in. She hasn't had much. <laughs> dialogue outside of like sighing and grumbling when Varric tells her to do she's things. a rock yeah she's know. julie she's great yeah that's just yeah. smart so writing I, throughout the season too mm-hmm. that's just like what Varric goes through when they leave i mean the only reason yeah. bolin can say 
oh, we've had so many adventures together. He has, they haven't. It's really just spending time <laughs> with Varric and feeling that loss. And then all of a sudden, it's been like transferred to Bolin to go get <laughs> well, her. Then, but he's also then, a sweetheart, so he wouldn't let anyone blow up in a, in a test city or anything. The Nuktuk times, too. Like, we don't know mm-hmm, how true. much of a gaffer grip she was on the Nuktuk <laughs> movies. So. They hung out. They're not supposed <laughs> to get with the talent like that, though. You're not supposed <laughs> to form bonds. Having worked on movies, uh, the, the number one rule of being a gaffer or a grip on a movie set is do not look at the talent because you're going uh. to start hanging out with them and that's bad news. Don't look them um, in the eyes. Yes, they're, exactly. they're above you. you know. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty you much. Know, <laughs> what I love about Toph in this episode, and really we kind of saw this all throughout Korra, is that this is the logical outcome of these personalities, right? I don't think the Toph we saw in the Avatar series would ever have been like a great caretaker or a great mother or something she's not she's not that loving type of person um but then you see the kind of like uh the damage that sort of attitude does to your children like even if you mean well if you're not like connecting to them if you don't really communicate with them i do love that this show confronts that with characters who are also tough too like lynn is a super tough character yet here we also get to see her be vulnerable and we get to see Toph be vulnerable so that's all great writing yeah it was kind of crazy to see lynn exclaim like i didn't have a father (laughs) you know and then that's it that's kind of how it it burns out and fizzles out and then later they they hug and make up but to have that explosion or so all of Lane's great passive grass is like, oh yeah, she's real supportive. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, she's a great person. To yeah, get Lynn was on fire from. in this episode. <laughs> I love, best moment of the whole episode is her saying he's an actor about Bolin and why he's freaking out. Like, yep. And they were able to balance all that out without making her seem too whiny either, yeah. right? It just right. felt justified. Uh, the the thing about her father that was interesting too is that uh, Bolin just asked and Toph blurted it out. And it, uh, yeah, it did sound like uh, Toph just never in her daughter's, you know, what, 40 years of existence never even said that little bit. So it's a really funny how justified she is to be angry too. Right. Like Toph can't be so... Mm-hmm mellow about it because it's such a big loss for lynn i mean Mm -hmm. these two haven't seen each other in 20 years yeah which is crazy apparently lynn or sue and toff hadn't seen each other for 30 years i don't know or wait no lynn and sue hadn't seen each other for 30 years but somehow she had seen toff in 20 years i was reading there's probably charts like needles into my whole <laughs> the sis, the the Bayfong sisters thing. It's like, of course, Sue has made up with her mom, and Lynn, who's the prickly one, has it. I just feel for Lynn. You know, yeah. Sue's like Sue's got her perfect little life, mm-hmm. and of course, she's not well. Her whole city is destroyed now so i guess yeah, I don't, she's not I don't a bad guy it. she's she is the victim now too <laughs> you don't know there's two more episodes no i'm just kidding <laughs> but i also like that toph ends up becoming motherly in this episode through like emerging like mm-hmm. blasting rocks out of the ground and oh, yeah. protecting as much as she can yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just think way. that's wonderful that i mean she's still earth bending to be a mother mm-hmm. she has to that's just part well, of her but. it's like the best action too right it's i love you know i love fight scenes i love big action scenes but the action that tells you something about a character is far more impactful and this series i think among anything i've seen on american tv really gets that well yeah even when uh, they're breaking the rest of the Bayfongs right. out of the hanging prison it's such a character filled moment yeah because who are you swinging out of this cage? Someone crazy or someone terrified. <laughs> and and Sue and Lynn, like, you forget because they've been apart so much in this mm-hmm. season, everything that they, like, the team that they've become. Yeah. They're sisters again. And that, They're like... so good together. I yeah. teared up a little, like, seeing yeah. their teamwork and seeing them work together was so good. And, uh, and Sue's fight 
with uh, you know at the very end of the episode too tells us so much about her character too. Just the way she fights, the like instant way. I love the metal armor. Oh my god, that was just so. It was so fast. It was like, oh my god, yes, I love this. I love all. This was like yeah. all of my metal bending dreams happened in this episode. Oh yeah, you've been a you've been a Lynn yes. d- devotee since book one. So I love really metal bending. Things off. Yeah. So good. No, it was so great because you know all this stuff was going down, and yeah, you see Sue like clock kuvira mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden she's just on the device just there and it's yeah. just uh, sue is yeah she's great even if she and, might be evil but she's great just, <laughs> wow no, no. there's only two episodes but i do love I, I think the reason i love metal bending is just because i love you know complex choreography and there's just so much you can do right. with metal and with the idea of it like and you see a lot of that in this episode too like her like a uh, last minute jump out of the giant machine and then um i think it's one of the twins who puts out like the metal tendril to like connect with the other metal tendril the and kind of wrap her yes. in. Oh yes. man, so good. Yes. Yeah, I, I had a thought during this episode. And I mentioned in my recap, which was why did we spend so much time in Legend of Korra with <laughs> the Earthbending Kingdom and Earthbenders <laughs> specifically? Uh, and I think it's because they're just the coolest power. <laughs> uh, firebending is cool, but you're, mas- you're basically just blasting fire. We're done with or maybe shooting electricity. That was all the original series, yeah. That's true. There was a lot of it there. Uh, Waterbending is, is very soft and nurturing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it can do the ice stuff. I actually rewatched um, an episode from book one last night where uh, uh, Korra fights. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I can't remember. The, the, <laughs> the mean guy, Councilman... What's his yes, name? Yes, in the library. Yes, yeah. and he's like creating a shield of ice and popping pieces out of it and shooting mm-hmm. at her. I'm like, wait, waterbending is really cool. <laughs> but in the end, earthbending is where it's at. Like, visually you speaking. Because you have lava, because you can do lava and yeah. metal outside There's of There's just so many too. options. And yeah. earth is all around you, right? So people are yeah. picking up crags and like expelling them into the, into the like, as punches or the metal bending. I mean, the metal bending mm-hmm. between Kuvira and and Lynn in this or Sue in this episode is unreal. Just like mm-hmm. seeing all these shards fly around, and and of course she gets she her gets like Wolverine armor. claw thing. Like yes. there's yes. so much going on. Yes, so what good. is that? Of I didn't. Have we she seen that before? before? Yeah, she yeah. has. Yeah. Oh, when she when she was on top of the hanging cage and she mm-hmm. has this blade, I'm like, oh my god, more of her some witch blade or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's so many options for these. These women. I was I was rewatching I was watching an episode of Avatar last night. That's funny. And uh like all the earthbenders are in from book one of Avatar and all the mm-hmm. earthbenders are on a metal ship and so they can't bend, they're trapped because they have no yeah. earth. Uh and I guess none of them are metal benders. And pretty then, tough, pretty tough. Yeah, tough did not then, change the world yet. And then uh and then they get a bunch of coal and then it's firebenders versus like coal mm-hmm. that can light on fire it's just so cool and it's just it's so cool it's like every single fight that they do where they just get so creative with what these how these elements might react to each other uh yeah i just uh, the show and and the fact that we only have two left and the fact that uh-huh. every single bolin expression we see is one more closer to no more bolin ever is just <laughs> Devastating. There are so many gifts to be made from Bolin in this episode too. I love the yes. uh, the first person they rescue from the uh, the magnet jail. Uh, he lands in Bolin's hands and then he taps Bolin's head, and Bolin like goes from a smile to like a weird like. That's... I don't know. Should I be happy about this? It's... In our pre was... in our pre 
podcast conversation, I mentioned that I thought that was a very loaded moment. <laughs> I don't. What is that all about? Well, what is happening there? What's yeah. funny is I sent you. So I sent you guys that gift just because it was my favorite moment of the episode. Spoiler alert for when we get to our favorite moments of the episode. But like that was my favorite moment because it was so weird. It was so like that'll do pig or maybe kind of hitting on him or like yeah, it seemed yeah. a little romantic, very, a little flirty, very weird. But I went on Tumblr yesterday and that's the only gif of Bolin that is happening because <laughs> the Tumblr has lost their minds over this moment because they love a slash ship. They so, really love slash ships. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> but then again, so, you know what? I'm always like, why do they? And then I saw it. And I'm like, yes, I do too. <laughs> Sorry, like, Opal. Opal's got some it's competition over. from her brother. All this stuff. Oh I was like, God. all this right. Is, this is MTV undressed all over again or something. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I realize they keep taking us to prisons. Like, we've seen a lot of prisons in Legend of Korra. <laughs> this and is I a cool because, one. Right? Yeah, I guess it's because it's mm-hmm. the easiest way to show how powers can be restricted. Yeah. Neutralized. I mean, like, yeah. all I of Zaheer's prison. team, Red Lotus, was in different weird prisons last <laughs> season. And we saw Zaheer again in a prison this season. No more prisons. <laughs> uh, yeah, Magneto's the perfect example. Magneto prisons. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> you know, contain these powers somehow. Well, they're... And the thing right before the prison that I loved is the the sonar bending mm-hmm. thing that they did to find out where um, they all were. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. We see that a lot, but it it kind of made me do. Have we seen it a lot? Yeah, yeah they've done it. Uh, first season, Toph's done it quite a bit, and this season we've seen it too. We've seen Lynn do it. Um, I mean, but I knew, knew we had seen it, but not like a lot. Yeah, anyway. but it was great seeing both Lynn and Toph doing it. It's like, oh yeah, 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 totally. I could work. And also, I learned that from you, Mom. Yeah, mother-daughter. <laughs> learned it from watching Aww. you. <laughs> I, I just remembered that the guy from book one is named Tarlock. I'm trying yes, to redeem Tarlock. myself here. Uh, as Bolin redeemed himself, I, I wanted to ask you guys, because Bolin, we've had a tough time with Bolin this season. He's been a real <laughs> dum-dum. But yes. He admits that now. He's determined to get back with Opal. Uh, and by being a great guy, does he redeem himself in this episode? Does does yeah? Can you go from Nazi supporter to hero? <laughs> well, it's funny Dave's not here because we uh, we see the camps now. We saw right? the camps. We saw this was a big moment for Dave. <laughs> That's really why Dave stepped out is because this is the camp evidence. He couldn't bear um, it. But you know, yeah, I, I do think he redeems himself. Uh, Opal is clear, like, oh yeah, his heart's in the right place. He's just kind of dumb, and they do make several comments about him just being not that bright uh he like he after one point when he comes up with a good plan he's like yeah my head hurts right now <laughs> oh, that's so sad both lynn and toff having the same react like just shut up <laughs> lynn, calling him like a gum flapper and all sorts of stuff. then he hugs yeah. them both at the end so uh, but he's 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 a humanist in the end. He wants to save people. Like it's interesting he that Toph is like, yeah. yeah, Toph just wants to bail. She's like, we got the Bayfongs, yeah. let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you can kind of understand that. They still don't destroy the weapon. Like, they don't go the extra step to right, right. make sure that Republic City will not be attacked by this giant cannon. Or someone in our comments called it a BFG, which is entirely appropriate. But I'm not yes. sure I can tell you what a BFG <laughs> is on this podcast. BFG spirit weapon. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, it's that's not the a, big friendly giant. No, unfortunately, I know, I know, it's, I it's much crueler. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 Bolin definitely redeems himself because he just wants to save people. But that's why mm-hmm. he aligned with Kuvira too. I like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of comes from the same place in Bolin's. Yeah, it's character consistent. I just still don't believe that he could have been that dumb in the first place. 
they did it does seem like they made him dumber this yeah. season than in yeah. past seasons like they're really doubling down the idea that bill Lynch this kind of like level really i don't or maybe so. like regressing back to book one yes i feel like yes. he had like progressed yeah and then they were like mm, book one bill would mm. do that <laughs> i i think i would disagree with that is there something in book three that makes you think that because in book one he is a jock he he is a, a bending jock. Sure. Um, so the he's nice dumb. Jock, yeah. He's a nice guy, but he's he's the muscle. He's he's just there to like rough people up, and he's acting dumb, so he's funny. In book and then two, in book he's two, an he's an actor, so he's super dumb. <laughs> he's super dumb. And then in book three, he's he's like worried about being emasculated, so he's he's kind of acting dumb because he's stuck in this weird standard that doesn't exist, and he cannot progress. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand why. Being that dumb all the time, that Bolin <laughs> would align himself with a force he doesn't understand is evil. Because he's looking to finally get ahead in the world. You know, he's always been catching up to people, and and Kuvira gave him an opportunity. It's a it was a bad one ultimately, but I I can't really blame him. <laughs> I could no, I could see Bolin signing up with Kuvira. Dumbness. No, I could see Bolin signing up with Kuvira to start, but I I don't feel like it right. should take in that much to get him to see her true colors. Like she revealed herself at, at Wu's coronation and Bolin's like, yeah, but still maybe she's okay. Like, do you know, like <laughs> okay, he's stuck with her dumb. just a little too long. Right. Like signing up with her in the first place. I get that, you know, like being part of the army and, and <laughs> having an identity and doing good. And, and I get it. But when Opal raises concerns and he brushes them off, that's not great. And when Wu's coronation goes the way it does, you know, <laughs> pretty dumb but yes he did redeem himself in this episode going after julie and i really love opal going with him oh she has such uh, a nice smile she's like i yeah. love you again she's really cute all is redeemed she is kind of cute she, in yeah. that in that like maybe she is my um uh, fox from the disney's rock oh <laughs> <laughs> which she's really cute vixen. all girls but all i wish they're going on a like a stealth mission in this episode and she has her bright red and yellow outfit they really need uh stealth outfits just saying for next that's time. for the next mission not seal team six it up they were just like we're gonna walk in we're gonna mosey into this covert <laughs> operation probably, probably uh yeah. joanna at the at the head of this episode you mentioned that maybe batar jr will redeem himself mm-hmm. do you see do you see him on the road to that now that we We've been revealed. <laughs> Theories revealed. Zuli is good. That's what I mean. Just, just that he, you know, at least didn't want to blow up his own sister. So that was, well, and then he sort of shoved <laughs> the gun out of the way, right? Like that's that's why they didn't get blown to bits. Is because mm-hmm. Guitar Junior had a moment of maybe I don't want to kill my own sister. Mm-hmm. I want them. I mean, Guitar, you know, but you he didn't shove the gun. It was it was Toff's thing that shoved the gun, right? But wasn't it? Didn't he like? somehow delay things by I think saying, he delayed it but it was moved by okay. the family right. it was moved by okay. Sue to go to the tape yeah. okay right. yeah but I, I, feel, I feel like his hesitation had had something to do with he delay. said no but he did nothing basically okay. he's kind of a useless dude I'm trying to find a silver lining for you anyway if you want to talk about emasculated whatever <laughs> I mean Tar Jr. is the one who has needed to have his own outside of his family place in the world to feel important. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, like, I think he just wants his family to bow down to him and recognize his power. Right, right. I don't think he wants to kill them. Bow down he, to him? Yeah. No, he just wants yeah. a purpose. He did take life. over, like, he was ready to take over the whole city. Like, you know. Yeah. It, the Beifongs are like the Tenenbaums. <laughs> 
They're all good at different things. And Batar's like, uh, but Batar is like, like what's his Owen face? Wilson. And maybe, <laughs> or what's his face in Listen Up Philip? You know, it's like just oh, the wow. jerk who wants uh, to be recognized. Schwartzman, Jason Yeah, Schwartzman, and Listen Up Philip. Sorry, let's see that movie. No idea what we're talking about. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, Batar Jr. Yeah, well, it's. I, lo- I love the scenes between him and Julie because, on one hand, I felt bad for him. Like, he just wants to get this laser right. He wants to accomplish something. <laughs> he because... just wants to get this, yeah, world-shattering well, no, weapon right. Yeah. But I have to say, as soon as it was going wrong and, and Julie's like, it's too late. Let's go. It's all going to blow. I think we were all like, yay, Julie. Yeah. You sabotaged it. Um, but I have to agree with one of our commenters who was like, Julie, why are you going to hide a metal piece on your person <laughs> yeah. from a metal she, bender? She well, just had no time to put it anywhere else. To be know? fair, can a metal bender just feel the metal around them? Like, sure. Know that there's an object in her pocket? I think pocket? so. Yeah, I guess that's true. If you can, that's, like, if they, if, yeah, if they can sense people with sonar feet, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They can, they yeah, can but that's stuff they're touching. This would be like just sensing metal from far away. But then again, you could probably bend. I mean, she does bend yeah. it out of her pocket. Yeah, so exactly. She must. Maybe be she able just to like it. took a guess. Maybe she was just like. Mm, mm, what does bending I, feel like? I'll send a wave of metal, you know, yeah. bending power through you, and something comes out. You know. Is it just buttons? Then, then <laughs> fine. Is it? Of the pin, then we got a problem. <laughs> I uh, now now I'm trying to imagine what bending feels like, what the sensation of like feeling metal <laughs> is all about. It's getting really deep. I'm kind of losing it. Um, we really we really need Dave for that. I, I think. know he would be poetic. Yeah, I think you know it's like the if you guys have ever played with like powerful magnets or something like this, that sort of resistance between them. That's kind of how I've always imagined it, or at least for metal bending or something like that. You think it would be like a magnetic force? You would. It's feel something you point. feel. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Zuli. So, are we are we happy with this Zuli turn? Like, I, a lot of people wanted Zuli to be good, or at least they yeah. knew that she would be. But for some reason, like her relationship with Varric is pretty bad. But I guess right. because but I, well, she's not. I hope pining. she doesn't go back to Varric, but she can still be redeemed in this. She's way. gonna go back I hope, to Varric. No, she I hope she have goes. I hope she goes back to Varric, but like <laughs> she becomes on her the Varric in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> on her own, she's gonna tell Varric yeah. to do the thing. Yeah, yes. tell tell Varric to do the thing. If she, she oh man, she there's so much line. slash fiction. Yeah. Do the thing. <laughs> do the thing. Yes. Ooh, the thing. Uh, speaking of, speaking of Varric, how about? everything that goes down in Republic City in this episode, because there aren't a whole lot of scenes, but there seems to be a whole lot of information. Yeah. And Wu gets his moment. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, but Wu's moment is out of out of lust, right? Is he Wu's, a good person? I guess, was... but also it's like President Raiko can, can't even think that, like, maybe let's evacuate people. Maybe let's do the bare minimum to protect our citizens, you know? Well, he wants a laser. <laughs> he does, but he's, yeah, he wants the laser. He's not he thinking BF, about evacuating He wants a BFG people. of his own. Yes. Yeah, those those flying mech suits <laughs> that they're going to build, number one, are going to be amazing. Yes. In action. That's going to be... They look like boom Jews to me. <laughs> I don't oh. know if anyone else thought that, but they look like metal boom Jews, uh, which would be also rad. But uh, I don't know why they don't have weapons in them. Maybe they do. They just don't have spirit weapons. I think they lasers. do. They just don't, Yeah, they don't have spirit weapons. And I love Beric for not basically not kowtowing to what the president wants because he he's the guy you know he is uh he's the head of the manhattan project and he saw yeah. what he did and he's like <laughs> never again you know i was reading i was reading about albert einstein and mm-hmm. the, the deep and oppenheimer threat. and oppenheimer. Yeah. yeah 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 but yeah for some reason einstein was the one who I was reading quotes from just like 
after the fact creating these bombs just feeling awful yeah everything um and i don't i don't know there probably is a situation that's more contemporary that Varric is in just because Ryko seems like such a contemporary presidential figure. It don't, I, I don't know how contemporary though, because we've we've learned so much from that, right? After the atomic bomb, like there there have not been many other super weapons, right? In that way, right? We had the Cold War after, and things kind of simmered down. It was all kind of like clandestine, and uh, now we're moving more towards like uh, digital wars and wars of information. And uh, so now, instead of a bomb, right, uh, America will secretly create a uh, a virus like Stuxnet that will go in Internet and like. Bomb internet bomb but that'll go in and actually have like a direct effect on like a country's nuclear you know capabilities or something mm. that's what the weapons we're dealing with now have you guys seen manhattan that new show yeah no, about the manhattan yeah. project it's yeah. so good it's amazing it but that show good. really does make it's all about you know this like this ideal of science right you you are doing this thing that's never been done before you're creating one of the greatest things man has ever created but you also realize that what you're doing is going to potentially like could destroy the world so now, it's now I'm sad we didn't get to see Varric say like I am become death, destroy of worlds. <laughs> soon, soon. Like we still have some time. Okay. Clips, clip show. That's a YouTube clip show waiting to happen. <laughs> but um, yeah, the flying mech suits should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a bigger question for you. Why has Tenzin been so sidelined this season? <laughs> He's in this episode, he but he doesn't lived. say anything. Well, he should not have lived into this season, Was G.K. Clearly. Simmons, like, busy whiplashing? Like, what is <laughs> Probably, what is actually. Happening? I think no, that I... does show he shouldn't have lived to this season. Like, maybe they had planned yeah. to kill him earlier on. No, I just think it's that he had such a involved season last season that what they needed to focus on in these final beats just couldn't be about Tenzin as much. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this season is just not about him or the airbenders or anything. Right. They had their moment last season. This is about something else. And and we don't want as much Tenzin because Tenzin has to be in opposition to what Korra is growing into here. So I can understand why he has been sidelined. I can't even remember what he accomplishes in this episode. I think he just tells right <laughs> he in the round table that it would be a bad idea to go anything, attack people. I don't think he says anything. Yeah, no. I think he's just there. Doesn't say like Wu has more lines than Tenzin, and uh, yeah, Wu looks more smart. Yeah, than Tenzin. Yeah, it's like when Giles went to England for a while. <laughs> one, one of our one of our commenters, Rob Grizzly, wonders. I mean, he he, he finds President Ryko to be pretty awful in this episode, um, and mm-hmm. he wonders if the show will do anything about Ryko because he thinks it might be setting kind of a bad example about letting these letting someone like Ryko off off the hook because he's presenting all these ideas and well they they don't go through Wu urges him to evacuate but he basically wants to to build his own bomb and, and go to war should he be held accountable like is that is that a bad thing is he an awful character or is he is he villainous for me it just felt like Mm-hmm. Well, this is what it ha- takes to be a world leader of a peacekeeping nation. Right. He's never really he's a why- leader that's done things that we should... Uh, he's not like a role model, right? He's a guy who, yes, he's this face of democracy in this world, but he's never really done that much to help our heroes. And he's never been super noble either. He's always been like either against Korra or for her, depending on the tides of politics. 
But I don't think he deserves to be like thrown into a fiery pit right, to right. be like, so they're leaders who want their own weapons of mass destruction. He's just a politician. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's why Obama has so much gray hair, you know? It's like you can't <laughs> every you president. Can't, yeah. 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 You happens. can't have that job and not be kind of a terrible person who has to make terrible decisions. Right. Or a villain to someone always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I keep wondering how this will all play out when Kuvira comes to Republic City in two weeks, as was predicted, or, or as, as was informed. That was by so weird. <laughs> yeah, it was like, come back in two weeks for the finale. Set your DVRs yeah. if this were still airing on television. That was really interesting. Two weeks from now. But yeah. um, how it all kind of ties together with what we see Korra do in this episode, going to the spirit world and trying to get the spirits on her side, you know, making the case that Kuvira is destroying the spirit vines and, and intruding onto them. So shouldn't they come and help her side? But no, no. In fact, any, any helping of humans is against what the spirits are all about. What, what, mm-hmm. how did that, well, was that, first of all, was that a dragon? Is that what we it was like a dragon with a beak? Yeah. yeah. It felt like a Muppet. At a bird beak, yeah. Ooh, like a it was like labyrinth. foxy, but also dragony. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Okay. Um. Oh, it looked like one of those chili down things from the labyrinth. That's why it scared me so much. Okay. Oh spirits. man. Again, there was like mushroomy spirits and a floppy dog who was also a leaf. He looked like the floppy dog from a Tex Avery cartoon. You just want to cuddle all the spirits, oh, but yes. okay. So the the chili down dog beak dragon thing. So had this great line where he was like, you're no different from Kuvira. You just want to use the spirits to win your man war. And that's not what we do. Um, and, you know, obviously we do think there is a difference between Kuvira and Korra. But I, I liked that moment. Um, that, that no, you Well, are can't. they right? I mean, we do like Korra, but are they right? They is might this, be right. Is she yeah. making the wrong yeah. request? Yeah. Or at least, as as our commenters pointed out, asking the wrong spirits. Aren't there warmonger spirits from the (laughs) Avatar series trapped in the spirit world who might want to help her? Fair. She's not, she's, yeah, she just kind of uh, zips into the spirit world through meditation and then starts talking to the spirits she sees right away as if they matter. Or don't they have a leader or something? Or are they just one big commune? Yeah, well. Make me to your leader. That's the line, Cora. It's the fox thingy. Yeah, the fox thingy seemed pretty, uh, you know, <laughs> you knew what's up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I keep thinking about um, Princess Mononoke. And if there's mm-hmm. some sort of ending like that about how the spirits will be seen in this ending, if they will be fighting, if they'll be dragged into war, or if this... I keep thinking of the end, too. Like, how does this thing end? And does it have anything to do with beginnings? I keep thinking about the Wan episodes from book two beginnings and just about how the world was created and the relationship with spirits um, and how they were kind of all forced into the path. And if the only way to end this thing is to like reboot and destroy everything, um, which doesn't exactly happen to princess Mononoke, but they do shoot one of the spirits in the head and mm-hmm. then it explodes, then becomes a giant Walker and destroys everything and everything regrows. <laughs> Um, and Kuvira well, we haven't had that yet. We've had a lot of like anime influences in Korra, but we haven't had like the Akira or Mononoke like giant spirit takedown of like invading the world. So but the problem we we did already have it. We already had it in book one of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh right, right, right. So that mm. might be too much of a copycat. But I'm I'm uh, trying to figure out what would 
rile up the spirits to get them to fight or if there's going to be a three-way war in the end mm-hmm. and oh if they're going to like show up 11th hour like the ghost pirates and return to the king <laughs> no not not for cora though that that's too ones uh. or yeah they're not the eagles or whatever swooping in to get the hobbits out or <laughs> Uh, but if they if they would be like we're gonna po- end both of you right now or something, I, that might be mm-hmm. too heavy. But I, I also keep wondering if Raiko will have a bomb, if he'll have a laser, and well, have they'll, a, like doesn't it seem like it. there needs to be in order to achieve balance, which is the name of this mm-hmm. season. We've discussed this before. There feels like there needs to be a change in the rules. Either everyone's a bender or no one's a bender or no one's an avatar or everyone's an avatar. You know, some sort of leveling of the playing field. Uh, and that's not what Kumir is all about, is it? No, I'm not saying she is. I'm just saying that that should be the outcome, Hmm. logically, I think. But but most of our listeners disagree that that's where this is going. But I'm just saying that that's, to me, if I were writing the story, if I named it Balance, and if it were the last book of my series called Korra... I would change the rules in some way. What, what but are maybe the, what are the listeners say? What what what's the pervading theory here? Just that that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that no. Mike and Brian are not going to change the rules of the Avatar universe just because Joanna said so. So I thought you had the power. I thought I did too. You know? <laughs> well, they weren't. I mean, we've seen they haven't been afraid to change things up in certain big ways, right? the uh, The whole last season was about, um, or no, season two was about like fundamentally reworking the way right. uh the you know the world existed with the spirit world. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that. More one more Wan appearance? Oh I hope so. That'd be pretty I weird. don't know. <laughs> I would love for Corey to get reconnected with yeah. the rest of the avatars. Like that seems like a really big loss for I her. And it probably led to her like just her funk lately too, because she like unlike all of the other avatars, she has no one to turn to really. Like nobody really understands what she's going through, and she has to kind of take it all on her own. Yeah, I don't know. I got pretty teary when all the spirits started disappearing and being like, "We can't help mm-hmm. you," and then they all just left her. Alone. That's because you want to snuggle all of them. <laughs> I'm like, give me a hug. <laughs> Right now, my cats are with my parents far away from here because of the holidays, so I, I couldn't even, like, run to them and snuggle them after seeing these these cute spirits. It was pretty devastating. Wow. I must say, yeah, it's hard That's life. Yeah. Um, so we have no idea what's going to happen in the last hour and a half of, of Korra, which is what we have left, uh, which is pretty crazy. They're still oh, wait, working so on three, the show, too, It's three more episodes? I believe it's one more half hour and then an and hour then a, long an finale. Hour. Okay. So... As Zulie tells us, right? the hour long will be the battle of Republic City. I have not looked. I don't. I don't look at the names of episodes coming up. I know some of our listeners do, and they have insight into what might happen next week. But that's not something I do. Yeah. Um, so you so haven't even sure. seen the Star Wars trailer yet. I still haven't seen the Star Wars trailer. It's great. It's bliss. Uh-huh. Um, Did you watch Saturday Night Live last night? Nope, didn't watch their parody. Oh, just saw people good. tweeting about it. Sorry, it nope. I'm in the. I'm in the. No, I'm just saying that's a way you could have Wonders accidentally on. watched the entire trailer because it was <laughs> in that sketch. So. Um, but yes, looking ahead, or before we uh, before we wrap up, why don't we talk about little things? Is there anything that comes to mind in this episode that uh, that you need to mention? Juicy her snot. Uh, it's a that that was a great character addition for uh, Toph, who never really liked uh, what's his face. The uh, the Appa other guy, 
Yeah, she never really liked Appa, so it's like, yes, give her an even more gross Sky Bison <laughs> to deal with. Uh, <laughs> it all—it almost seemed out of place because this episode was more, I think, serious and kind of tension-filled than kind of funny to have like a you know booger-filled <laughs> Sky Bison flying around. But it was—it uh, still worked. That, that was kind of magical. <laughs> I love that one of our listeners was like, "Opal tried to change Sky Bison." That jerk. They used a harsher word, but anyway, you know, like that. <laughs> That uh, that Opal tried to swap Juicy for another sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't do it once they no. pick you. But Juicy's cute. I mean, I've had pets that have um, nose problems and always. <laughs> someone on t- sorry, not to talk too much about Tumblr, but someone on Tumblr posted a side by side gif of um, Bolin crying and all the snot coming out of his nose mm-hmm. and Juicy to just be like, you know, Opal has a type apparently. <laughs> anyway, Aww, she's all. Of the snots. Uh, yeah. Who 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 went? I I who uh, Joanna? Who little things here? I mean, obviously the sort of the the twin and Bolin moment was amazing, but also uh, yeah, I already mentioned it. But Bolin's face when he finds out that Julie when when Toph says that Julie is lying, and then Bolin gets this just delighted look on his face um, because you know she's still good, she's redeemable. So mm-hmm. I um. I loved Mako. Mako has the line of this episode. <laughs> oh, come opinion. on. He you can't does. give the Bolin episode to Mako. I, I have to give it to Mako because when Wu walks out, like, oh, what a great idea. You're, you're totally a better guy than you were at the beginning of the series. And then he's like, oh, I just want to date Korra. Do you think she'll be impressed? <laughs> Mako's deadpan of, you always ruin it. Always have to ruin it. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of so great deadpan funny. moments. So yeah. funny. Can I can I mention one thing? I yes. love uh, Batar Seniors uh, when he saved and he hugs or no he says uh, so how's it going mom or something like that to Toph and she's like I told you never to talk that. <laughs> so Toph that's so Toph the Imagine family having Toph as your mother-in-law <laughs> we didn't get much Skrillex Bay Fong in this episode <laughs> was he the one who's like we can't let Opal do the coolest thing or was no, that, that, one of the that twins? was one of the twins yeah. <laughs> twins he didn't go he didn't, he didn't go. go and fight yeah. he and his dad were just like peacing out so. <laughs> so much to do the twins well Skrillex's twin is Skrillex, Skrillex kid is not a he's not a bender right I'm not I thought sure he was a metal bender because he makes metal art oh that's right he makes metal art yes that's right it would be difficult. It would be embarrassing for him to be using like a hammer to make his metal art. Everyone would. <laughs> but it's still, it's still then it's disappointing that he didn't go fight. He and his dad just right. sort of were like, no. Mm. I should also mention that the gun in the, the the laser is awesome. Like I love that it blasts a hole through a mountain. Everyone just gasps. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, this is it's their Death Star. This is well, I was, yeah, I was in such a mindset of of nuclear sort of power that when it shot the village anyway even though it missed them i was like well but they're dead because of radiation um they're not but you know that's that was my thought i was like oh they're dead anyway because you can't just stand under a blast like that and not get Mm. burned that's right yeah radiation will burn you i i just watched indiana jones 4 so that's probably why i I was like i was like get in a fridge guys (laughs) get in a fridge i i just read a, a beautiful article in the new york times magazine about francium the discovery of Francium for all of you uh, scholars mm. out there who want to learn about Marie Curie and her lab associates who all passed away from radiation poison. Devastating yeah. story, but hey, science. Nice. They discovered it. Um, wow, what a, da- what a downer note to <laughs> Nice <go> job. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> uh, the spirits, they're cuddly and adorable. Okay, they would, will you not rather, you. would you rather Appa, Blueberry Spicehead, or Juicy? 
That's that's a poll for our listeners. Well, well, my, I already have my vote. Blueberry it's Spice. Always up. Come on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Blueberry Spice has a little baby. She's <laughs> the original. Juicy. On, we learned. We spent juicy. years with Papa. Poor I'll juicy. You, yeah. you, oh, you, uh, you love getting all that snot. Oh, no, I just, you know, I don't want I don't you to know. feel left out. Okay. Now, like this is the end of the episode. Okay. Why don't we tell people where they can find us on the internet? Devendra? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Devendra. I write about uh, technology at engadget.com, and I podcast about movies and TV at slashfilm.com. Snot covered, Joanna? I'm not snot covered. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Wrote This. You can listen to my other podcasts, including one with Dave about comic books called The Thought Bubble. Uh, you can find my writing over on VanityFair.com. And I'm at Patches. I write all over the place on the internet, and I put it on my Tumblr, which is MattPatches.com. And I'm on Twitter at Mr. Patches, and I do podcasts with Dave, who's not here, fighting in the war room, pop culture, chit-chat. And, yeah, I think that's about – oh, and I recap Cora at ScreenCrush.com. So until next time, farewell.